Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we usually get big mad over true crime at this point. However, it is bonus episode day, and we planned on doing a special Valentine's Day episode with my lovely editor and producer and hunky husband, Kyle. However, our audio sounded like absolute garbage, so we're going to table that for this month. And run with that next month. It'll be fun, whatever. But that does give you guys time. If you have more questions you want to put in here, be weird, be yourself, whatever. These are palate cleanser episodes. Nonetheless, that does have to be tabled until next month. So I went with older Q&A questions I have not answered in the past and recorded this. So enjoy your little palate cleanser for the month. And I love you guys. And you guys get a brand new case on Monday. It is wild. There are pirates. The fucked up case. There are pirates. But alas, today, here's your palate cleanser. The first question I got is from Kendra, and it says, what did you do before you started the podcast? Secret agent, makeup artist, maybe you said, but I don't remember. Kendra, let me tell you. I have done everything. So directly before the podcast, I did nutrition. So I am certified in sports nutrition specialist, fitness nutrition coach, and then a weight management specialist. I needed to lose some weight. I was a little bit unhealthy. I had high blood pressure after having my third child. And so I was either going to pay somebody to help me or I was like, whatever, I can figure this out myself. So I went and got my first certification. And because I don't know how to say no or like chill out, I was like, they're giving me a a code to get a discount on like the next tuition I decide to do for, you know, whatever. And so I was like, count me in. So I did a second one and then I did third one. And then Kyle was like, hey, maybe you should take a break. Right. But because it did work for me. And then I messed around with a little bit of bodybuilding and stuff like that. And it was really fun for me, but it did kind of become my whole personality. So COVID kind of pumped the brakes on that. So. That's probably a good thing for my personality. Anywho, and my identity. I started doing programs for people where I would figure out their unique macros. I would go to these macro calculators online and they were horrifying what they would recommend to people. Everything is just so anti-carb or it is do keto this or do the whole whatever. No, eat food you like just within the realm of what is healthy for you. You know, if you want cake, eat fucking cake, right? You can fit that into your macros. Like you shouldn't have to eat chicken and rice and freaking broccoli all day long. That's miserable. Who wants to do that? I don't want to lose weight that bad. Anywho, I loved watching people just feel so empowered by themselves. It was really awesome. So I've also done like wedding chalkboards. I have secret artistic abilities, not like my sister. My sister is a video game designer out in California. She's so much cooler than me. One day, maybe we can do a Q&A with her because she's that cool. Let's see. What else did I do? I worked at the state at one point. This was a while back in a sex crimes-ish unit. I don't want to get too specific there. But yeah, 
oh, fuck, what else have I done? I don't know. I've done like some marketing stuff for people. Yeah. But this is the thing where I was like, I'm passionate about this. I can talk about it forever. I want people to learn when they listen to true crime. I want people to advocate when they listen to true crime, especially when I heard about the Watts case, my bedtime stories growing up from the grandfather of the podcast, Randy, dad. He he would tell me about his calls for the day he was a homicide detective. And that was just something I knew a lot about because it's what we talked about during the day and before bed. So it was super viral. And I remember thinking, there's obviously so much more to this and just went into myself and I was like, okay, well, if people genuinely care and, you know, they want to know all of what happened, I'll just put it out there in the world. And here we are. What's this going to be like five years this year? That's insane. Five years later and over 250 episodes later, we're here and it feels like I'm finally doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's opened up a lot of doors for me as far as feeling like I can make a difference in crime outside of the podcast. I don't talk about what I do a ton, but I contract for violent crime and and some stuff there. And I just finally feel like I am where I'm supposed to be. And I thank you guys a lot for that because we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys. So shout out to you guys. This podcast is sponsored by Caden Lane. Hey guys, my daughter is obsessed with finding matching outfits for us. Whether it's everyday clothes, pajamas, or shoes, my daughter wants us to match and I am 100% here for it. Sometimes though, it's hard to find companies that cater to matching kids and adults, but fear not because Caden Lane has entered the chat. Caden Lane was started back in 2005 by a single mom who wanted to create better and cuter clothes, accessories, and keepsakes for her own children and for those special moments you remember forever. So think adorable family photos. And Caden Lane is on a mission to make mom's lives easier. That shows up in the way they design clothes with extra zips and snaps to make outfit changes quick and easy. It shows up on social media where they have an entire community dedicated to sharing and discussing fun ideas and advice from moms for moms. And it also shows up in how that mission inspired their Conceive Fertility Foundation that makes donations to moms who require IVF to help start or grow a family. My daughter is obsessed with our matching PJs from Caden Lane and the customized water bottles I got for her and her brother for school. Both the PJs and the water bottles are incredible quality, and every time I check out their site, there's something else I fall in love with. You know that fabric that almost feels too soft to be true? That's what these PJs are made of. I wish I could live in them, but alas, adulting, and apparently that's not appropriate. If you're already thinking about summer, same, because I'm cold. Caden Lane's new swim collection is here and ready to make your adorable dreams come true while also keeping safety in mind with their UPF 50 Plus Sun Protection Swimwear. It blocks 98% of harmful UVA and UVB rays and minimizes the sunscreen fights that we all know and love. And of course, they have matching sets for the entire family, which I love. As I'm getting older, I feel like it's harder for me to figure out where to shop. Like I'm outgrowing the convenient go-to stores that I've always used. I have nieces and nephews of all ages. My friends have kids of all ages and mine are pretty spread out too. I have an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 16-year-old. I have no idea how he's 16, but let's keep going. 
I love that I can hop on Caden Lane and find anything for anyone. You guys already know I got my kids customized water bottles from them, but you can customize so many things on their site. Think blankets, swaddles, shirts, etc. It's my absolute favorite. Caden Lane is 100% my go-to for all baby shower gifts. You're not a regular mom, you're a cool mom. I absolutely love everything I've ever gotten from Caden Lane, so I'm not surprised at all that they have over 70,000 five-star reviews. Caden Lane is your one-stop shop for all your newborn, infant, and toddler apparel. Head to CadenLane.com slash BigMad20 and use code BigMad20 for 20% off your order. Once again, that's C-A-D-E-N-L-A-N-E dot com backslash BigMad20 for 20% off and make sure you use my promo code BigMad20 so they know I sent you. All right, so Tess wrote in and said, how has the success of the podcast impacted your life? So obviously amazing and there are some downfalls. When I was a single mom, we had nothing. And I didn't make enough to even get by. My dad hooked up his bank account to mine. So when I would overdraft, it would pull out of his bank account. And I would not have made it if it wasn't for my support system. And obviously, like I wasn't even, I was a teenager. I wasn't making the most sound choices. Like I always got my nails done. And back then it was only like 25 bucks. But as an adult now, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so dumb. But we would get the cheapest food we could get. I remember Christmas, I would go out to the cheapest stores I could, but I would always go on Black Friday because I could really get the most bang for my buck. But I would have to take Cody with me, my oldest son, because I was a single mom. And he wasn't going to remember. It was in the middle of the night and we did what we could to get by. It was not ideal. My apartment was not in the best area, but we made it. And I want to give my kids things I never thought that I could and maybe some things that I didn't have as well. Some of you guys know about my life. You know, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. And the fact that we live in the house that we do, it's a comfortable house in a neighborhood that is so safe. We did have like some car break-ins, but that's like a whole different story. That's going to happen anywhere. We live in like a little village. It's a little Pleasantville village. And I never in my life thought that I would live in such a comfortable home. And I never want to sound like, oh, look at me. That's not me at all. This is more than I've ever wanted. It's all I'll ever want. It is a life for my kids that I only dreamed about being able to give them. And it's incredible. I've also met so many people like me. Sometimes being an adult can feel so isolating. I feel like everybody can identify with this. but. In doing podcasting, I found people like me where I can talk to them about the things that make me happy and make me sad and that are important to me. And you can't always find that. And I think the podcasting community, we tend to have a lot of like-minded people, at least in my little circle. And I'm really grateful for that. I am so grateful for the incredible people I've met either in law enforcement or the people who create the programs for law enforcement, the families of the victims I have met some lifelong friends, and there's so much perspective I have gained from doing this podcast. I'm much more grateful for life in every single day 
than I think I would have been otherwise. I think it takes a whole lot to make me upset now because I know how bad things can be. I know how how people handle the worst of times with grace and poise and they get by. So my problems, I think my perspective of my problems is very, it could be worse. Just be grateful and not in a brush it off kind of way. You guys know I don't take no shit, but I also don't pick up a ton of shit. I think old me was more so like quick to react and me now over the last five years particularly is very just super chill because the world can be terrible, but the world can also be pretty amazing. I think I've learned to learn from every single person I meet. You can learn something from everyone. Don't assume you're better than anyone. You never know what somebody has gone through ever. I'm just really grateful for that. The downfalls, I think, a little bit is like privacy. I struggle with social media. I used to be like super into it. And I was like, oh, I want all these followers and everything. And I am still human and things hurt my feelings. And so as like social media grew, I think we've really set a tone now where people tend not to be like mean ever. Every now and then it happens and I've I've gotten much better at it. I just like letting it go. But for a while, it really bogged me down. If you ever go into podcasting, I, def- I definitely recommend having a therapist and a really great support system that just lets you talk about how you're feeling because it's tough sometimes. People can be ruthless. I don't read the reviews anymore. Kyle or Leah from Least of These, they'll take screenshots of positive reviews that you guys send and they'll send it to me. Back in the day, I would read all of them and just really take it to heart. People would tell me my voice is shitty or I breathe too much, which we have to take breaths out of episodes now. Or one was like, obviously, one child got left behind because they're letting dropouts have a podcast like, ma'am, who hurt you? And then just, I don't know, at my old house, I would get mail. People would look up my address and I want to preface this by saying Any mail I got was with the intent of being so excited and kind and happy to just send me a letter or something. But some of them, even in in people's like kindest of hearts, it gets intrusive. And honestly, we outgrew that house. But there was one piece of mail that I got where I was like, huh, you know, we we all grew this house anyway. Our neighbors across the street, Matt and Sean. They were like our besties and they moved out anyways. And we were thinking about moving. And then we got that one piece of mail and we we're like, you know, maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time. Again, I don't think the person had any ill intent, but it was a lot. And and truly, truly, we had outgrown that house. The kids' bedrooms, you couldn't have like the two end tables on their bed or the doors wouldn't open. They were just, there were small rooms. We have three kids. We just outgrew it. And so we bought a house that the kids... They can have beds and end tables in, and it's more conducive to just just a happy life. At our old house, there wasn't a ton of kids around, and this one, it's just chock full of kids. The school system we're at now is so much better, though we are having issues with that. That's a different discussion. We'll talk about it later if I want to get into that, but I'm trying not to be petty right now and try to solve this problem like an adult. Again, not a ton pisses me off. So I get real upset when I do get pissed off about my own shit and rest assured I'm pissed. But we're handling it. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll let you I'll let you guys know eventually what's going on with the school. But I will say 
Teachers, amazing. Teachers, aides, the people in special education, fantastic. No complaints there whatsoever, just to be clear. But yeah, oh, one thing that's tough, and I want to talk to you guys about this. When people see me out in the wild, right? So one time this girl took a picture of me from behind at a Kroger. And like, first of all, girl, I hate grocery shopping. And so like, if I look feral at a Kroger, it's because I don't want to be there. And then they post it on social media. And then it got back to me and I was like, man, I wish you'd have just said hi. You know, seeing a picture someone else took of you, it's ha- it's it's not it's not weird. You're not weird. It, it's You didn't do anything wrong. But I was like, oh, man, I had no idea people were taking pictures of me or like posting them on social media. You know, I don't know. I wish you would just say hi. Right. But then sometimes I'm worried that when you guys say I match people's energy, I really try to match people's energy because one, I'm excited to meet you. And two, I want you to have the best moment because if you're excited to meet me, I want that moment to be for you everything you deserve it to be. There's one time I was in. And if this is you, like, I love you and I'm sorry uh, if it was weird. Uh, I was going into a five below. I told the kids all day long, like, if you're good, if you're good, if you're good, we'll go to five below. And honestly, we had taken them to a bunch of stores that they would have thought were like super boring. And they were relatively okay until we got into the car to go to five below. And they turned into witches. I don't know what happened. Gremlins. (laughs) But we're already on the way to five below. And then you have to think, is it going to be worse if we take away five below? And honestly, I love five below. I want to go. But my kids are being insane, right? So Five Below is the last place I want to go right now. I've been out all day. They're feral in the backseat. We're getting out of the car. We're walking into the Five Below. And this this listener, she's so excited. She sees me. Oh, my gosh. It's you. I'm so excited. And I have to snap out of I'm going to lose my shit mom mode, right? And match your energy. So I don't know if I looked at her with like crazy eyes, but sounded really excited because I felt like I was two people in that moment because I needed to go spend money and five below on children who were like yelling and and and, and stuff in just a lot in the back seat and I'm losing my mind. So yeah, if you ever see me and I'm like, hi, it might just be because I'm losing my shit in that moment. And by all means be like, are you losing your shit? And I would love that. I would love to be like, yes, let's talk about it. I never want to let anybody down. Like CrimeCon is is amazing. I hope you guys are going to CrimeCon. I'm going to CrimeCon. I will see you guys there. I cannot wait. As soon as I get my discount code for you guys, I'll post it from here to Kingdom Come so that you can get your discount on your tickets to CrimeCon because I'll be there and I love meeting you guys. Everyone at CrimeCon is so excited. This is the best three days of their life. They are pumped. They're amped. They're ready to go. They want to stand in line and take pictures and give hugs and autographs and stickers and all those things. And it's so easy to just like vibe there because everyone has the same energy in the wild. It like literally could be me losing my shit and then having to be on, which can be a tough thing to go back and forth on. So yeah, that was a really long explanation. Crap, I lost my space. Let me go back to the group. Big Mad Drew Crime Visit Group. Ooh, this is a good question. It's from Abby and it says, if you had unlimited funds, how would you use it to support victims slash the families of victims of true crime? One thing I would love to exist is a universal reward fund. Historically speaking, rewards aren't fantastic for like high profile cases or the cases we wind up covering. Generally, money doesn't talk if nobody else is. 
There is a chance, though, and that chance is worth it. And just having a revolving, a universal reward fund that offers money at any given time for a specific purpose where families don't have to worry about, like, how are, how are we going to afford this reward? Uh, we have to put up a fundraiser or we have to order shirts or we have to design stickers or we have to do a bake sale. These are things that are so incredible that these families put together. I wish they didn't have to because I can only imagine how hard it is to go through what you're going through while also organizing a way to raise money. I would love for that to exist. And I've talked to Jennifer Kessie's uncle about this. I've talked to Chrissy, Justin's sister about this. And I've talked to a, a few other families about this is creating a foundation that kind of just helps guide family members of violent crime through what they're going through. So many of them have said the same thing, that there are things that are hard that you don't even think about, things that don't occur to you, you never would have considered, like having to deal with creditors calling you all the time because your missing or deceased loved one is not paying their mortgage or not paying their credit card bills or not paying their light bill or their water bill and having to go to court over that kind of thing. And just walking them through like, hey, I love that court systems have victim advocates for some families or just families in general. I say some families because some of the families I have worked with, their victim's advocate, I'm sorry, but you you need a different job. I don't know if you're overworked or this isn't the job for you, but there is no one who knows the trauma of the justice system better than people who have gone through it. I've had so many conversations with family members where they say, oh, the police told me this and I'm so upset. And I'm actually able to say like, okay, so they should have said this this way. However, this is what it means. And they're just like, and this is where I'm talking about the foundation. They're like, I wish they would have just said it that way or explained it. Nobody explained it. A foundation that kind of covers the entire thing, like while you're working with police and then through the court system. Because these family members have gone through it. They know how you're feeling. And all these families I've talked to, they've, I I really think it's every single one of them, they've all said that they are somebody. There are two things that always get said. There is someone who says, I know, I know how you're feeling. And you don't. You do not know how they're feeling unless you've had a murdered or missing loved one. You, You know loss, but you don't know this kind of loss. And so one, to give them people who do truly know how they're feeling. And so they don't feel so isolated and on an island of pain that nobody can understand. And two, there's always someone that says, you need to get over it. You need to move past this. You need to move on with your life. And if that ever occurs to you, hear my voice, play it back to yourself. Don't fucking do it. You'll never get over it. There's no moving past it. There's life after, but it's not the same life. That's always going to hurt. But having people who've been through this talk to you and help you deal with the feelings when those two things are said. And then you get to the justice system and my God, how slow it moves and the trauma it comes with. Having to lay eyes on the defendant for the first time, having to hear horrifying details, having to put together a victim impact statement. Those are all very emotional and traumatic things. Having them set up somebody to take you out of the courtroom prior to really traumatic things being said or uh, visuals being put up. Just having people who know the system, 
work with you, go with you if they can, meet with you just to have on hand. I think a program like that would be so incredible. I would love if I had unlimited funds, I would just create that and make sure that everybody had the support that they needed to process information and to to work through trauma and offer counseling and, and true grief counselors who are trained in this kind of pain. I wish it existed and a bunch of us have talked about it. We really need to get on it. And that's what I would do. I love that question. Thank you for asking that, Kendra. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. Hey guys, as a parent, we have to have a lot of big talks with our kids. And now that mine are 16, 10, and 8, money is definitely one of them. They learn about counting change in elementary school, but let's be real here, we live in a digital world. I wanted my kids to understand the value of money and how to manage it in today's world, which is why I am so pumped to tell you about Greenlight. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. You can send your kids instant money transfers, get real-time notifications of spending, manage chores, and automate allowance. You can set up reoccurring or one-time chores customized to your family's needs and connect them with allowance to reward kids for a job well done. When I was younger, my dad would pay me for every A and B that I got on my report card, so I've been doing the same for my kids. My kids are also quite forgetful, and we've run into them losing their money or losing their wallet, so Greenlight has been perfect for us. Each of my kids has their own account, and I was able to set up a reoccurring allowance for them, so I don't forget to give it to them. They also get so excited to check their balance every week just to see the number grow. They were extremely pumped to check it after their report cards came out. Greenlight sent each kid a debit card, so just like mom and dad, they can now pay for their toys, shoes, whatever they spend their money on, or their own personal card. No clunky wallet or change purse needed. I have loved watching them learn more about earning money and managing it while also not having to look under their beds or through their dirty clothes piles for lost tooth fairy money. They're also learning to build financial literacy and independence by learning to earn, save, and spend wisely. The Greenlight app even comes with games that teach kids money skills in a fun, memorable way. More than 6 million parents and kids use Greenlight to learn how to make responsible financial choices. So stop putting off the money talk and start putting your kids on the right path. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash BMTC. That's greenlight.com slash BMTC to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash BMTC. Sorry, I'm looking for your other questions. They're in a couple of different posts. I need to just do a revolving one like we do the case request post for you guys to do Q&A questions. So that I don't have to go to a bunch of different posts. That just came to me. I'll do that. Anywho, Justine, I did a Q&A, one that she wrote in and she goes, when you said my name, I punched the ceiling of my car and said yes. So Justine, I, I truly, truly hope that you just punched the ceiling of your car again. And I would like an update on how it felt to hear your name again. <laughs> Because that made my day. Okay, this one's from Alicia, and I don't know if I've answered this yet. It says, do you have any favorite true crime books? So glad we're talking about this because we talked about it in another post in the group recently. Or maybe it was the book club. I'm not sure. If anybody doesn't know, we have a big mad true crime book club. I used to run it, but my caseload and I'm working on another project with another 
amazing podcaster I'm sure you guys have heard of, and you'll get more info on that soon. But my schedule is insane. I haven't had a ton of time for reading. So we have some amazing listeners who are picking books of the month. And honestly, I think they're doing a way better job than I did because I've never been in a book club before. Apparently, it's way more involved than just picking a book. They knew that. I didn't. Anywho, obviously, most people want to read true crime books because they're into true crime. That's why you listen to the podcast. You like this stuff. I have true crime all the time. All day. There's one case that I have worked on for the last three weeks. Three weeks, you guys. So after Ryan, I was like, okay, we're going to have this. It's going to be another multi-parter, but good God, there's a reason. And you guys are, you guys, listen to it. It's going to be nuts. I'm, I mean, I have to read a book. I'm not have to read a book. I should because it's thorough. And the sister of the victim wrote it and she, whoo, so much context. Anywho, when I got to read, oh yeah, join the book club. Anywho, moving on. ADHD, you guys, live in action. When I went to read some of the true crime books that everybody voted on and wanted to read, I was in pain in my insides because I know how it works and nuh-uh. There were times in books where I was like, oh, well, this person did it because they said that. And then I, that's what happened. Or it was like, oh, she's probably over here because they said that. But also I write for a living. Obviously, we write the scripts for the podcast. I do write how I would talk, but I have to write it so that it's organized and I don't leave anything out and it's not all over the place. I know that you have to put things in to the beginning of an episode. The listener might not realize that they need to know for later, but it just looks like information that's just flowing. But then you're like, oh, shit, I knew it, right? As somebody who has to write and and does this, it's tough for me to read a true crime book because I'm spotting those things from like, oh, you didn't need to put that in there. That's going to matter. And all sorts of that stuff. And so there comes the investigation and I'm wondering why things aren't happening and why things are happening out of order. And I'm overanalyzing everything and I'm my own worst enemy. And these authors are fantastic and I'm sure the books are great, but I'm not the audience. So I don't have any favorite true crime books. Frida McFadden, she has like, it's more like crime and paranormal sometimes. And I did like her books. They were fun and interesting and they kept me on my toes. There was one I read that like wasn't my favorite. I'm supposed to be writing a book and it will be about crime. And it's really, I'm, the idea I have is phenomenal. I just haven't gotten to it because again, my work schedule is insane, but my agent has everything in progress right now. So one day we will get the book Heather writes. It's fiction, but it's true crime. And I'm really excited. It will be more accurate to police investigations. I know everybody loves Geneva Rose, Geneva Rose, Geneva Rose. I'm not really sure how you pronounce her name, but I follow her on TikTok and she's a hoot, a hoot. And so I have so much respect for these authors. I know how hard it is to write a bajillion thousand words. Every script I write is probably mm, five to 10,000. Any two-parter is like 10 to 15,000 words. And so the work they do, the building up of the characters, the separating of the chapters, the storylines, the back and forth, the dialogue is hard to write. So much respect. Also, my punctuation, dear God, the editor is going to have a problem because I write for a script and how I talked, which looks like symbol gibberish. You guys would be horrified. So if you see my social media posts and you're like, there are so many commas, trust me, there's a reason and I can't break the habit. <laughs> so we'll put it through Grammarly or like people who are good at this. But yeah, as far as romance, if you're looking for romance books to read, Lucy Score, my friends. Lucy Score. Colleen Hoover was good. Lucy Score. Yeah. Tessa Bailey's also fantastic. Megan Quinn, 
fantastic. Gets a little inappropriate. Kind of like it a lot. So if you like that, Megan Quinn, you're welcome. Ooh, this is from Janet. What are the top three cases that piss you off the most? The applesauce case. I'll never get over that. Ever. Never in a million years. Amy Deal was also really, really difficult. And then Michaela Meave Byers recently was the one where I was just so fucking invested on this motherfucker getting arrested. The way I updated the intake information multiple times a day. First thing I did when I woke up. Last thing I did before I went to bed. It took a little bit longer than I anticipated when we covered her case. You guys know that I had to delay it by a week because of this, because I was going to go hard. And you guys know, because I went hard, hard on that guy and I needed him to be in jail because you do have to be careful in true crime of like making accusations that aren't founded. All of them were super founded. So wasn't quite worried about that, but just in case. Also, I wanted to be able to tell you this fucker was in jail because that episode, you'd have been so fucking mad with me and then you'd been updating your phone every five minutes to check the intake logs of the local tiny jail. But Michaela's dad actually reached out, I think it was last week, everywhere he could to thank us for covering Michaela's case. And those moments always make my heart grow a million sizes. I always want to do the victim's justice. I always want to make sure I'm respectful and that they feel like someone advocated for them and and told the story of their loved one appropriately and accurately. And so my heart melted. Michaela's family, we all love you. We are here for you, whatever you need. We're in your corner. Those are my top three right now. But if I went back and looked through my actual catalog of episodes, I'm pretty sure I could get fucking livid a million times. Belinda Temple, <sighs> obviously Chris Watts. Cat West case. Mm, we should talk about that for a second. Cat West, we covered it a while ago. It was the absinthe one where she was hit over the head with an absinthe bottle by her husband, and he was a piece of shit. Though what pissed me off, and I'll never let this go, is her own family seemed to vilify her after her death and took up for her murderous ass husband. And 48 Hours covered her case not long after I did and did such a fucking shitty job. It was the definition of you create the narrative you want to give out. We don't have rules. I've said it before. I'll never stop saying it. For everybody listening to a podcast or watching a show, we don't have rules. Yeah, we have liability we have to worry about, but you can leave whatever out you want to create whatever narrative you want your listener or viewer to have, and that's fucked up. I'm not that person. I can't I can't half-ass the case. I can't not give you all the facts. And why the fuck? I'm not on anyone. I'm on the victim's team. That's the team I'm on. I don't, I don't get it. Well, there's a good point. I truly tried to figure out like how you could be on a team. Like there's only one team to be on. Team justice, bitch. And it seemed like that episode really wanted people to wonder whether he was wrongfully convicted or not. The fuck? He was super rightfully convicted super rightfully. And if you put all the fucking evidence on there, everyone would know that. But the comments were, I was losing my shit in the comments. And I can't post on Facebook a ton because I, you know, I have the check mark and then people will be like, oh, who are you? Let me go. You know, I don't know. Whatever. I have to be really careful about what I post on social media. But I was in those comments. Like, absolutely not. This is why. This is why. This is why. And like, why didn't they show that? Good question, Tom. Good question. I don't know. So yeah, that pissed me off. 
Okay, last question because I have... See, I have to get ready for our live in a couple of minutes. This is a question from Lindsay and it says, what's one misconception in the true crime community that you wish to correct? I think one misconception, and I don't think it's super common, but it's that like the true crime community is weird. I think that's false. I think there's weirdos everywhere, but not specifically like the true crime community. I'm sure they've got a few. The people who view them as weird, though, are wrong. I think that people who are into true crime are in it for a reason. They have humongous hearts and they care about everyone. I think a lot of us tend to be very empathetic people who kind of take on other people's feelings. If they see someone hurt, they hurt for them. If they see someone mad and they hear about why they're mad, they're mad with them. I think the true crime community is more of like a team. It's like a a ready and willing team there to feel for these people who are hurting, to care about these victims who can't defend themselves and are, are reliant on everyone else to find the justice they deserve. I think you guys are always hungry for knowledge and you're always wanting to make a difference. The true crime community has some of the biggest hearts I have ever, ever seen. And so that's one misconception. Another misconception comes kind of from within and maybe sometimes the media. I want everyone to understand that we are not owed information. If someone is not saying something, it is not owed to us. If police aren't giving out information, there's usually a reason. Yes, we have called out plenty of people for withholding information that would have been necessary or not necessary, but would have been good to know as far as the safety of the community or looking in the wrong direction. But as the media and as true crime consumers, we are not owed information. Uh, We are not owed the toxicology reports as soon as police get them. We are not owed what the police suspect happened because they have regulations. They need probable cause to make certain statements. And I don't think that's totally understood. That being said, I think the desire for more information comes from a place of caring a lot. But I do think we all need to remember that we're not owed that information. We are not owed statements. We are not owed anything. And so just to keep that in mind, be grateful for the information that we do get about cases we are following and we care about. But I would be cautious to not villainize people or agencies for not giving you all the information that you want. There's generally a reason it's not being released to the public. So many things are happening behind the scenes at all times to make sure that justice can be served. Again, I'm not negating that crazy shit happens and sometimes departments fail. It's just not all the time. Generally speaking, it is withheld from the public for good reason. And let's just make sure that if someone is silent, it doesn't mean they're guilty. It just means they're not interested in talking to the public or the media or people they don't know. Sometimes it's because they're shady, but not all the time. Work with the information that you have you know, don't make it icky. You know, there's a lot of ick you can get to in true crime. And I think as the true crime community, it's our job to steer away from the ick. I think that there's kind of like an overhaul happening where the ethical true crime consumers are really taking over and setting a new standard of what's acceptable and what's not. And I love that. So let's just remember that the information we have is what we get. We don't deserve more. We're not entitled to more. And it's our job to just advocate and support where we can. Let's keep it good. All right, guys. I love you. I have to go hop on this live with you guys. 
I will talk to you soon. If you want to write in a Q&A question at any point in time, just go to the group or yeah, go to the group. It's easiest there. Okay.